I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hey. Hi. Hi there. Hello. Hi. Welcome back. Welcome. To another mini episode. I'm saying it like I'm looking at you when I'm saying hi and welcome and it seems really weird. I know. We've already been here for like half an hour. I know. I'm like, hi, Keegan. Having coffee. are you? Kicking it. You know? (laughs) So do you, what do you have this week? Um, I've got some stuff on the Democratic debate. You guys, I'm moving right now, and I'm also working crazy hours, so I wasn't able to watch it, but I still wanted to kind of, like, get myself in the know a little bit and still bring up some stuff here. I would assume that you have some stuff on it as well. I have some stuff on it as well. I didn't watch it in its entirety, but I did watch portions of it. Yeah, it's a lot. And Um, I think some of the topics that I've looked into, we could still have a conversation about. Yeah, yeah. We will definitely talk about that. I wanted to start off today's episode talking about something terrible as per usual. Good, yeah. Start with the worst. Start with the worst. So on Monday, um, there was a shooting in Fort Worth, Texas, of course. And um, (laughs) this was not a mass shooting. This was an officer shooting. 28-year-old Atatiana Jefferson was shot in her home. I actually did watch the body cam footage of this. And it's not graphic, but it is deeply, deeply upsetting because 
what happened was she was in her house. The door was open. Uh, She was just trying to let some breeze into her house, but the door had been open all day. But, like, I'm from the Midwest where people do that. Like, it it was like her front door was open, but there was a screen door. Yeah, that's, that's like, a really common thing to do. I do that all the time. to get the cross breeze in your house. Exactly. Like, people do that all the time. Yeah. Um, in fact, with my my grandparents uh, were super, super paranoid, but they had one of those metal screen doors that locked. Uh-huh. And their front, their actual front door was open pretty much all the time. Yeah. And in, that- my, in my new place, we have one of those metal doors that locks. And I would I would love to be able to do that. Right. Because you can just get that air yeah. coming in, especially if you don't have AC or like we don't know. Or if you don't really need it. Like if it's a nice breezy day, you don't want to have yeah. to turn your AC yeah. on, open the door and get some air in. Absolutely. So one of her neighbors, though, because her door had been open since like 10 a.m. that morning. In the evening, the early evening, um, it was still open. He called the cops to check on her, to, to do a wellness check because but he why? was like, he, uh, I listened to the 911 call and it was a non emergency line. Yeah. But he was calling and just basically being like um, a nosy fucking neighbor. First yeah, of why all. couldn't he go and ring the doorbell? I don't this know. This is a 28-year-old woman. This isn't like a, a an 80-something-year-old woman, I correct? can only... Yes, a 28-year-old woman. I can only assume that maybe he thought that something had happened in the house, and that's why there was no movement all day. But, like, listen, if I'm having a lazy... I don't think I left my house at all on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I'm having a lazy day, sometimes I don't leave the house. Like, that's what he was saying, is he didn't see any movement all day. But I'm also that's like... That's none of your business. Mind your fucking business. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, anyway... And and this is she why she was binging Netflix all day, this buddy. Is, well, it's worse than that. But oh, um, this is why whenever people say "do not call the cops," like this is what they're talking about. You know, there are actually yeah. communities of color and like activist groups who are working to dismantle the need for police in their neighborhoods at all because of things like this. Yeah. Because if he had gone to check on her, if there were other systems in place where he could have called somebody else who didn't have a fucking gun to go check on her, right. she would still be alive. So the cops show up. I watched the footage. Mm. He walks around the back of the house <gasps> instead of like instead of going to the front Ding door. Dong. Hello, is everything right. okay? Instead of going to the front door. So he's immediately then to me that seems like a response that it's a dangerous situation. I think he believes it's a dangerous situation, yeah. but there is no real reason to assume that. Exactly. At all. Like, even given the 911 call, I listened to it. The guy really just says, the door's been open all day. I haven't seen any movement. Could somebody go check on her? That could be anything. Like, yeah. maybe she slipped and fell and hurt herself. Like, right. what does walking around have have to do with that? So he walks around the house, looks in a window, sees movement, says, put your hands up and shoots immediately immediately within like seconds you're kidding he shoots through the window and she was inside playing video games with her eight-year-old nephew (gasps) so he shoots her and kills her immediately she dies pretty much instantly oh my gosh so this this is an african-american woman yes is this was her neighborhood? I, I'm just I'm wondering why the cop, what his like ra- racial prejudice like reasons were. Was this a neighborhood that contained a large black community? I believe so. Okay, because yeah. I was like, I'm. It's just such a. It's a bizarre. Why would you assume danger right away? Yes, and I'm not saying that you should assume danger right away. Obviously, just because it's a predominantly black neighborhood, but I'm saying that there are prejudices where that's how a lot of people and cops, especially, you're saying he might well, feel that way. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not. I'm just trying to understand why, uh, right off the cusp, he would be like, "I need to sneak around the back and see movement and shoot." None of this makes 
any sense. Right. Logically. She got she got shot for looking out of her own window when someone was. I mean, what would you do? Like you're in your house and you see someone who didn't identify themselves no. as a police officer looking in your window. I would look out my window and be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Exactly. But I also mean, because I'm a white person, they'd probably be like, "Oh, sorry, ma'am." Yeah, it's fine. And you know, the, she was a black woman. I'm sure where he's coming from is the like he saw profiling. this figure coming towards him, this black figure in coming towards him, in their fucking house, and, looking out the window, and literally within seconds, like he shot her within seconds without identifying himself. Um, so did she put her hands up? I don't believe I don't believe so, but I don't think she had the time to. She was probably caught off guard. Well, Can you imagine? I would be caught off guard, especially again. He didn't say he was a police officer. No, he so, just said. To her, a stranger is looking in. She's got her eight-year-old nephew there. A stranger, a man, is looking in her window. And that's a lot to process in a short amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and even if she had put her hands up, he shot her so quickly it wouldn't have mattered. What you is know? this guy's problem? I, I don't know. So this officer's name is Aaron Dean. Fuck you, he, Aaron. He um, went in immediately after the shooting and resigned. The uh, chief said that if he had not resigned, they would have fired him because of... We can only fucking hope. We can hope. I mean, to me, that's kind of like, oh, well, easy for you to say now because he's already already resigned. resigned. Yeah, but um, he has resigned. The family, though, is pursuing murder charges. Yes! And he has been arrested on murder charges. fucking God. And that poor eight-year-old boy. Yeah. The therapy that kid is going to have... He was playing video games with his aunt. Like, I hope they pay for his fucking therapy. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine, like, seeing, at eight years old, seeing someone who you love shot in front of you. I cannot imagine as a 27-year-old woman, ima- like, seeing right. someone getting shot right. that I love yeah. in front of me. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, yes, as you're, when you're a child, you can't process that information, and, like, it's so much more difficult. It but, imprints like, on you in a different way, it but... It does, but, like, my God, the the image of, like, that's such a horrible thought of just imagining the people in my life that I love the most, that I feel the most comfortable with being taken down in front of me is a horrible thing to think yeah, about. Yeah, it's something that will never leave you. No. It will never leave you. No. Like, that is going to be with you for the rest of that your life. That is so traumatizing. And yeah. You're, and you're in a place... I mean, this is the same thing with the Amber Geiger situation. Yes. The victims are in a place where they feel comfortable, where they feel safe. They're in their homes. They're doing normal at-home things by keeping a door open, playing video games, eating ice cream and watching TV. Right. And their privacy and their safety is so violated by these people that feel entitled Well, it's just... Because of this so-called fear. That's such fucking bullshit. Well, it's just... It's terrifying because at our core, you know, innately we feel safe at home. Mm -hmm. And to have that taken away from you like that where you can't even just be in your house yeah you can't make the decision to leave your front door open then where are you safe yeah then where are you safe you can get shot in your house for no reason like yeah. i mean he he murdered her yeah he murdered her he did and it's it's there was absolutely i mean same thing with amber geiger absolutely no reason these people should be shot. Right. Absolutely no yeah. reason. Yeah. And um, so this officer was released on bond um, earlier this week. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I'm <sighs> always incredibly skeptical about whether or not I think that he will actually be convicted. It's it's a, it's a very um, 
what's the phrase like the the boys in blue kind of oh like, yeah protection. i mean they protect each other like i i watched that chief say we w- i watched the body cam footage and there was no reason he should have done that and we would have fired him if he hadn't resigned but i'm like would you have because i mean i hope that especially this happening so shortly after amber geiger and the media that surrounded that i'm hoping that there are people who are starting to become more accountable who are officers? Well, I think it's starting to become more political, which it makes it sad that it, to me... It's not personal. Right. To me, it's sad that this isn't about protecting people who are dying um, or keeping your officers in line or anything like that. To me, it's a political move because Texas will be on fucking fire if this guy does not like yeah. get punished for this so closely after what happened with both Mjan uh, and then what happened with the witness in his trial. Yeah. And then this coming so closely on the heels of that. Oh my if, gosh. If it's, nothing happens... It's going to be a dumpster it's, fire. It's going to be like Ferguson all over again. Like yeah. There's going to be... There's already protests in the streets and yeah. like people are going to lose their shit. I'm hoping that much like a lot of the different things that are happening in the world, I'm hoping that the bad is setting up for the next generation to be better. And sometimes I feel really positive about it. I see these young people doing amazing things. And then sometimes I see these young idiot 13-year-olds on our Instagram saying horrible misogynistic things where I'm like, I I don't know which way the future is headed, but maybe by having it start to be political and implicating these rules about firing police officers and keeping them accountable, even if it means you're you're not doing it on a personal basis because people are dying, but as a political standpoint, maybe the next two generations down the line, it will start to become more of a personal thing. I don't know. That's just my yeah, I my mean, optimism and hope, I and guess. We, really, what needs to happen is that we need a complete restructuring of our criminal justice system. Yeah. Like, we need to tear it apart and rebuild it. Yeah, I've, I heard something, and I can't remember who said it, and a lot of people have said it, but it, there's something that I heard this week where they were saying, it's not a broken... I know who said it. I was watching the... When They See Us, um, Oprah special from Mm -hmm. after the show. Mm -hmm. And Ava DuVernay said, it's not a broken system. The system was built to be this way. Yes, yes. And people always say it's a broken, it's not broken. It was built to be shitty. Right. And we shared something like that on our Instagram at one point and people lost their shit about it. But it was like, remember that the system is working exactly how it's meant to work. Every time somebody says, this isn't the America I know, this is the way America was built to function. Exactly. Like, And that is upsetting. Of course it is. And it's not a truth that any of us want to have to deal with, but no. it is the truth. And so the only way to change it is to completely dismantle it and start from the ground up. Which I think scares a lot of people who are in the position to do so. Right. Yeah. I mean, and listen, change is scary and like fear of the unknown is real. I get it. But at the same time, this is built to be a racist system and we're going to keep seeing things like this. The purge is coming. Uh, I I mean, honestly, I was listening to the Daily Zeitgeist and they were talking about how there is this psychological phenomenon where there's and it's it's on both ends of the political spectrum. So like far right people and far left people have this same mentality. There's a certain percentage and it's a very high percentage number of people, which I may count myself among, who is just kind of like, burn it all down. Yeah. Like just burn it all down. Um, Let's start over. My body is ready for the apocalypse. Like (laughs) let's just do it because like, this is such a nightmare that it's just kind of like, fuck it. Just tear the whole thing down. Yeah. 
<sighs> anyway, on that very cheerful note. Oh, um, so cheerful and positive. So cheerful today. My period's coming, so I'm just oh, like, fuck everything. <laughs> Mine honestly. just ended, so I'm like, hallelujah. Yeah. You're in like the happiest like three days of the month when, when it's over. And you're yeah, like, after, after a full week of hell, uh, a full seven days of hell. Awful. Bye. Yeah, goodbye. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the Democratic debate. So Warren right now is really kind of the person that everyone is focusing on, including the other candidates. Right. So for a while, I think Warren really kind of flew under the radar because people were very focused on Biden because the polling showed that he was the front runner. Yeah, Um, they wanted to pull him back a bit. Right. I mean, that's always the way it works. Uh, But in recent polling, Warren... So Warren was allowed to kind of operate without a lot of animosity from the other candidates. And that kind of allowed her to slowly, quietly rise in the polls. And now she's at a position where other people are starting to be like, she's a threat. We need to knock her down a peg. There's a giant target on her back. But you know what? From what I saw of the debate, she did receive some very difficult questions, I felt like. um, Pointed questions. I think she handled herself very well. She was pretty calm throughout. I, I, I do and don't. I believe that she did remain calm and that she was respectful. But I, what I don't like is something that Pete um, Buttigieg brings up is that, you know, he asked her about her Medicare for all. The big concern with that is that middle class, if there is even a middle class anymore, taxes will rise potentially with Medicare right. for all. Mm-hmm. So he's saying it's more Medicare for some. And he was asking her questions about the taxes for the middle class on this Medicare for all. And he was asking her a yes or no question, and she didn't give him a yes or no answer. Well, I kind of disagree, because her answer, basically, that was the question, was, will taxes for the middle class rise? Yeah. And what she said was, I've been very clear on my policy since the beginning. Taxes will go up for corporations and for the 1%, and taxes will not go up for the middle class. So to me, okay. that's an answer. Yeah, I that mean, is an answer. I don't under... So when I saw him, to me, it was a bad look on Buttigieg yeah. to then kind of... Because he very kind of snarkily yeah. went after her after that and said, I, I asked for a yes or no answer. You can't even give me a yes or no answer. And to me, I'm like, she didn't say yes or no, but she was very clear but about... she explained right. where the taxes would be coming from. Right. So to me... I don't know. I, I thought that that was a little nitpicky on on Buttigieg's part, and right. to me that that shows me that you are afraid of her. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it seemed op- it seemed opportunistic to like try to take her down in any way to, to shed some sort of doubt right. on her. Right. By I mean, that. um, and, and I, again, I didn't watch the debates from start to finish, so right. maybe I'm missing something. If I am, um, reach out to us and let us know, please, yeah. by all means, or let us know how you interpreted that, um. Because maybe I'm, I have a soft spot for Warren, so anything you hear from me is going to be a little biased. Right. I mean, from what I understand, it seems like she handled herself very, very well. But there is um, an issue underlying of whether or not she is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? She maybe she's not expressing specifics enough? Does that make sense? I, it's not the words right. I'm looking she's for. She's being a little vague. She's being a bit vague. She's being a bit wishy-washy or people want her to be very, very specific. Which I understand. Uh, um, and I think that that's valid criticism. I think maybe... I think Elizabeth Warren's very smart and mm-hmm. I think she knows... The game not, she's playing. And if she becomes president, I think what she's concerned about is 
delivering things, promises, making blanket statements that like no taxes will go up at all for any middle class people. Right. You know, and then smart. And then at the end of the day, when she becomes president, if that's something that has to happen for policy, um, having people say, well, you promised us this thing. You know, I think think she's being very careful with the way she's wording things. I I think that's a really good point. Uh, but, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know. I also see how the American people don't like that. They want you to tell them, like, yes, this will happen or no, this won't happen. And yeah, that's it. You know, but, I mean, haven't we fucking learned Trump promised a wall so many times? Well, and everybody, does. like every president promises things that they can't follow through on because right. it's not up to them. I would love for her to entirely say that. Right. It's I not going to be entirely candidate. up to me. Yeah, to say to to be very honest about the job as president and help educate the common voter about what that job actually is, instead of just looking for empty promises from right. these people. If, who if don't, you could say it's not a dictatorship, right? You know, if, if you could say this is what I will push for, and I yeah. will I will work my hardest, and I will never let up on this because this is what you know, me as president, this is what I want to accomplish. Right. Um, but, but the aspect of my job is X, Y, Z. And you have to understand that we are in a very bipartisan society yeah. where the Republicans are going to push back on anything yeah. that they try and push through. And right. if they still have the Supreme Court and if they have the Senate majority, then it's going to be very difficult to it's make, be to make certain things happen. Um, um. Whoa. <laughs> Are we? Have we been doing this too long? Maybe. Um. So, Bernie Sanders is like, I'm on the mend. I had a heart attack, but I'm feeling good. Everybody, chill out. He made a joke about not being on medical marijuana that evening. Um. And AOC is backing him. Okay. Right now. So. Well, that I makes mean, sense because he is the only Democratic Socialist candidate. Yes. And um, AOC is a Democratic Socialist. And so. and that is something that I will always really love about Bernie. I would not be mad at Bernie being president at all. I really wouldn't be. I think I there either. are certain things about, you know, with his age and different things like that that can be problematic. I really feel like the best time for him to have been president was probably this last term. But I would be I'm I'm still a Bernie fan. I got to say I I'm not I'm not at a place right now where I'm like this is my candidate that I'm mm-hmm. focusing on. Mm-hmm. But I definitely still feel good about Bernie. Honestly, I do too. just get Biden out of here. I don't want Biden I think Biden anymore. needs to go. Um, there are a few others. I, I There was like a historic number of people at this stage in the debates uh, on that stage. I think yeah. there was like 12. And it's too many still. Like, honestly, we can get rid of another five. When, <laughs> is, the, when is the primary voting? Uh, I'm, I'm look not that sure. Up. So, yeah. So the primary election is scheduled to be sometime between February and June of 2020. So it's not a whole lot. It's a big gap. It's a big gap. I don't know what the reasoning is for that. I got that from Wikipedia. So you never really know. Um, There is like some other articles like USA Today, New York Times, things like that, where I could look it up a little bit more and uh, maybe have a better... (laughs) answer next time we record but um right because that's a big difference between february february will be here in no time i mean it's almost november uh and then june i mean that's a long it's a big gap what do you think would be better to have an earlier primary and then have more time for debates before the personally i would prefer to have an earlier primary but I don't think that that's possible with this many candidates still in the running. I almost kind of think the opposite. I feel like the less time, because there was such a shit show during the main election last year between Hillary and Trump, 
and there was so I just felt like that went on forever. Right, but I think if we had gotten more quickly, like there are so many candidates right now, and people are so divided. Like I've seen on um, Facebook, even within like Democratic circles, yeah, people are very divided about who they want. But would longer time help us weed out more people? I mean. The way that I or is see it, it is it murky? if we weeded it out and had the primary and just went ahead and got our candidate already, mm-hmm. then we would have more time to unify behind that candidate. That's true. <laughs> you no, know, that's... because the longer I feel like also with the 2016 election, part of the problem was when we got so divided between Bernie and Hillary, mm-hmm. we were given so much time to get super divided about exactly. it. You know, and then like, people didn't want to back Hillary. Right. I mean, and so many things were wrong with that election. Yeah. So many things. Oh, my God. So hopefully we don't have the same mistakes that we had before. Yeah. Something that I did like seeing, um, something that I think all of the candidates felt comfortable with was talking shit on Trump. Like, yes, all that of was them, actually my next point yes. was um, Kamala Harris right now wanting to stop uh, to suspend Trump on Twitter. And I was laughing when I was reading some of this stuff. So we posted something yesterday that got taken off of Instagram. <laughs> and I I don't really, I didn't really know a lot of those things. And yes. Keegan had to explain it to me. So we did this, it was like a meme saying that like, if a woman calls a, a man trash, the man crumbles, even well, though he's always saying, you know, you know don't trust men and things wh- like that. What's really funny is um, that meme pretty much perfectly illustrated the issue. Yeah. Where the the meme was basically, like, men saying all these shitty things about women, and, like, you need to just deal with it, and then women, men are trash, and then a picture of Dwight from the office crying. Yeah. And that got taken down, and, and, you know, I was explaining it to you, because you were like, why did that get taken down for, like, hate speech or, like, violating Instagram's rules? I told you we got zucked. And what (laughs) what that means is that Mark Zuckerberg... See, I thought that was a typo, and you meant No, 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 no. Um, Mark Zuckerberg... I've known a lot of people on Facebook who have gotten banned or gotten into Facebook jail where their accounts are suspended for a week Facebook jail. For, for writing men are trash, which is why oftentimes you'll see people write like men, the letter R and then the trash can emoji because yeah. their censors don't pick up on, on that. And so they can say that without getting banned. Um, but anything else is hate speech. Meanwhile, there's so much like racist, misogynistic, like out and out race slurs How, that get put yeah. on Facebook every day. Or even just what about the the women are trash? Like right. the people who say such Yeah, feminists are Nazis. How yeah, about that? Like, feminism is cancer. Yeah, like, all of this shit is okay really? and permissible. And um it's the same thing with like you can't say white people are trash or yeah. like whatever. That's why people write Y, the letter Y and the letter T yeah. instead of spelling it out because yeah. you can get banned from Facebook. Facebook is trash. Mark Zuckerberg is trash. He's trash. Um, Dear Lord. But yeah, so Kamala Harris really wants Trump to be suspended from Twitter. I mean, we've known this forever, that a lot of the things that he says, I mean, in in particular in July, there was a lot of racial slurs around, what were they called against the four congresswomen? Oh, the squad. Yes, the mm-hmm. squad. Like so, saying such racist language and oh, send her back. Like yeah, horrible racist things. Yeah. Horrible. And he said so many. I mean, the things that he is saying about the whistleblower and the whole impeachment situation. I mean, and- he Kamala Harris did make a good point in that, like. She's like, I'm a prosecutor. I know what a confession sounds like when I hear one. Ooh, and girl. like he has, it, it's madness. I know we haven't touched too much on the impeachment proceedings or things that are happening in Syria because like right now, what's going on is 
insane. It is madness. Like, Trump has admitted to treason, essentially. Yeah. And, like, w- we are living in a Black Mirror episode uh-huh. right now. Because he should be out of office. This shouldn't even be a fucking question. Yeah. But when he was... We've moved the goalposts so far. Because, yeah. like, when he was um, elected... Immediately, he refused to cut ties with his business dealings, which was already an impeachable offense. Exactly. So we've been making allowances for him since before he was even elected president. Exactly. And and that's why we're in the position we are now where we're like, how do we impeach him? It's, It's kind of like when you don't give a kid rules... You let them stay up late. You give them a lot of candy. And then one day you decide, oh, that's going to change. We're going to take away the candy. You have a bedtime. This is the situation. Right. He's just straight up I'm like, no. I'm saying this from experience. Yeah. Can you tell? He, <laughs> and he's they're just, just like, no. No, that's not going to That's not gonna work. They're going to throw a huge I'm not tantrum, going to. And it's yeah. not going to work. And, and it's also like if you had grandparents or other people who were just like, yeah, he doesn't have to. Because that's essentially what you know, people in charge right now are doing. They're like, people on the right are just kind of like, yeah, yeah oh, no. let them have it. Yeah, we're not Whatever. going, we're not going to impeach him. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, all of the Democratic can- candidates stood very unified behind which is, that. Yeah, which is why I think that once we get the primary taken care of, I do, and they, you know, when we first started this whole process, they did talk about how they were going to stand behind each other, no matter who, you know, Yeah, gets we're going chosen. to start seeing that get a little spicier, as we already have. Yes, um, but I, but I do think... But but I think that's necessary because right now they're still trying to win against their of opponents. Course. This is their job right now. Right. But I feel, I really do feel that once our person is chosen, that the rest of the candidates will maintain Agreed. true to their promise, put those feelings aside, because honestly, the the most important thing is getting Trump out of office. Yeah, and I think that they do agree on that. I think they do too, but I I don't think that's going to... They're not going to be standing in a circle singing kumbaya at these debates. They're no, still trying to win, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Of course not. So, um, Okay, so I only have one kind of positive thing to Please end give us me on. Something positive. Uh, also, I want to acknowledge that, yes, we have gotten some emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do want to share some of those on the podcast. Uh, probably won't happen in this episode just because we're running a little long, but yeah. we, will, we will do that in the future. Yeah. So, Pose. Did you ever watch Pose? I haven't watched it yet. It's very good. I haven't finished watching it. I've heard it's amazing. My friend was an editor on the show, yeah. so I went over before the show even came out and watched, like, a couple episodes with him. You lucky girl. And it was very, very good. They've cast a lot of trans people. Yeah. Trans women of color. A lot of LGBTQ folks are telling a really important story. Yeah. And I highly encourage that everyone go and watch it. Yeah, it's definitely on my list. It has won uh, a grip of awards. Mm -hmm. And Billy Porter, who is amazing in it, he is so good. Uh, And he has been just such a hit on all these red carpets. He's incredible. His fashion is unbelievable. His fashion is unbelievable. He's been breaking down these kind of, like, gender barriers, wearing dresses and heels on the red carpet and doing whatever he wants. Um, He has been cast to play the fairy godmother in a live-action reboot of Cinderella. Now, first of all... there's already been one! Yes. So, first of all, why do we have another fucking Cinderella movie? Uh, this one is with Camila Cabello. Like, I, I feel like I've had enough of, of Cinderella live-action reboots. However, if we have to have one, having, this is the way having Billy Porter as the fairy godmother is awesome. Well, and having Camila Cabello, I can't... I Camila don't really, Cabello? I don't really know her, so I'm going to say her name wrong, but... Um, Having a woman of color play Cinderella, I think, is great, great. too. I I hope they do 
the Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. That would be amazing. Can if you that's... imagine Billy Porter as the um, Diana Ross? If that's what they're doing, then I'm on board. Like if yeah. that if that's what they're doing, I'm I'm on board because you know the brand new one was a while ago. I'm okay with reviving that every generation and having a new. Um... Yeah, but I can't think of the most recent live action Cinderella without thinking of um, Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Oh, yes. Yeah. Just where they went to go see that movie Having together. sex in the bathroom mm. while that movie... Yeah, wearing Wholesome. the Cinderella dress. It's Wholesome. just... I can't... I can't deal. But it's very <sighs> exciting. I, I love... That is so cool. I love that we are seeing um, some of these kind of, like, traditional gender stereotypes being broken down. Yes. I think that it's such a brave choice. Yes. Uh, and I'm really, really excited Yay. about it. Oh, and Idina Menzel is going to play the evil stepmother. Oh. Great. Okay. You've got me back. Oh. I'm, I'm back on board. Okay. Ca- casting is yes, yes, yes. 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 Claps all around, snaps. And that I'm makes feeling me, it. the fact that they're casting singers makes me think that they are doing the, the musical that version. Would, so. That would make sense to me. Yeah. I'm hoping that's, that movie was my shit growing up. It's the, so good. It's the Sony version, so I guess it depends on who has Roger and Hammerstein's rights. So it's not um, Disney. Not Disney, and it's set for February 21st, 2021, so we've got a while to go. I bet. I'm going to look it up, but I bet it's Rogers and Hammerstein if it's not a Disney yeah. production. Yes. Love yeah, it. I'm we'll here see. for it. I'm excited. Okay. Thank you, Great. Keegan. You guys, thank you so much for listening again. If there's anything that you want to say about anything that we talked about in this episode, if you just want to like check in with us, whatever, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminists at gmail.com. Get us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can follow us, direct message us there, whatever you'd like to do. We have a Twitter at Yanf Podcast. Y-A-N-F Podcast. I pause because I always feel a little guilty when I talk about our Twitter. I mean, honestly, we shouldn't even mention it anymore. I feel bad that we do, but I'm also like, eh. We have it. Uh, We also have a Facebook business and a group page. Go ahead and rate us and review us on the business page and kind of start chatting with your fellow people on the group page. I think that would be really great. Yeah, we're going to start getting into the Facebook group and having discussions in there and um, asking for more listener suggestions and things of what you guys want to hear about in there. So if you want to let your voice be heard, please join us in Facebook. Yeah. On Facebook. And we have so many fantastic listeners who have so many great things that they share with us that I think it would be really great to start sharing that within a community of support and love. And I feel like Facebook, the Facebook group would be a really, really great place for that. Uh, you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it so, so much. Um, if you don't already, go ahead and listen to us on Radio Public. It's free for you to listen and it helps us out just a little bit. All right, you guys, that's all we have for you today. With all of that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Goodbye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.